that I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I am your host, Brother Frank, and glad to be here with you tonight. We're going to have Brother Benjamin on the show with us, and just uh, thanking God and and, and uh, just grateful for Brother Benjamin's ministry here at The Remnant Call. And uh, I just wanted to open with a few things. I know some people reached out with some concern. Where was I at last week? And, um, you know, folks, um, sometimes you just need some time away. I was on a canoe trip with some friends of mine. Uh, like-minded believers along with their uh, sons. Uh, I have daughters. They're not quite as the nature fanatics as their father is. Um, But uh, we were out there um, canoeing down in the middle of nowhere, talking about the times that we're living in. And uh, it was nice to be amongst like-minded brethren. But the truth is when we got back, um, after talking about that, I had heard Pastor Coverstone's latest uh, warning about the coming attack upon the minds of believers, especially those in ministry and other places, uh, the spirit of lust and pornography. And folks, I want to just put a warning out right now. That is already obviously happening, but it will happen in an intensified manner as we move forward. The devil is unleashing his hounds. And it is up to us to decide what we're going to do about it. So talking to a good friend of mine, uh, we decided we're going to get together with some friends of ours and be a covering accountability for one another. Uh, because it's, we know that in these last days, we need to stand strong. We need to seek the Lord. We need to pray for each other. We need to care for one another because nobody is immune to attack. Nobody is immune from this. Look at the prophets of old. Look at the Bible characters of old. Look at those. They all fell under attack at some point in time in their lives, and, and they had it hard. And, and folks, we're not going to get out of this either. It is coming. The hour is here. It's already begun, and it will only get worse. We must get into prayer and start seeking the Lord. And it's so interesting after reading Pastor uh, Coverstone's warnings, uh, how much attack he gets. Uh, the man's not trying to sell anything, and I'm not claiming he's a prophet or anything. He's not even claiming he's a prophet. And I heard someone say, "Well, he doesn't he, because he's not a prophet. He doesn't know how to wield the spirit of uh, the sword of prophecy. That's his problem. He's not a prophet, and he's trying to." Uh, has anybody read the book of Amos? Uh, Amos said himself he was not a prophet. He was simply a harvest a farmer. That's all. Folks, God can give that gift to prophesy to anybody. Uh, It doesn't make you a prophet just because you prophesy one time or you have uh, a spirit of prophecy uh, at a moment in you. 
It's okay. And I tell you, these people, these that are attacking, it, it's unbiblical, ungodly. The man put himself out there for failure and said, listen, if I'm wrong, you'll just call me out on it. And I just find it's how interesting how many experts in prophecy we have out there today. And folks, I've heard it all. I've seen it all on these so-called prophets. I'll tell you a good indicator when you can know it's not the Lord speaking. Just one good indicator. God knows how to speak in modern day language. Okay? God doesn't need to say, if thou seest the sword coming, thou son of man. God doesn't have to speak like that. Okay, folks? He knows how to send a warning in your tongue in your language, okay? I read the King James, but God doesn't have to talk to me in the King James in order for me to understand what he is saying. And I tell you what, folks, we better start learning how to care for one another. The attacks are getting out of control. Well, along with our society that's getting out of control, I'd like to bring in a person who is definitely in touch with what's going on right now, uh, not only in the spiritual world, but also in the physical world, and that is Brother Benjamin Brook. Brother Benjamin, are you here with us? Well, hello, Frank. Hey, brother. How you doing? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I absolutely can, I, and thank you for being here with us tonight uh, on the Remnant Call. Glad to have you, brother. Good to be back. Amen. Well, I know you've got a lot on your heart, and I'm just going to open up with a word of prayer tonight and just get this program going um, that we can just ask God to bless us, bless this show and the listeners um, to his glory. Let's pray. Father, in the name above every name, Yeshua, Jesus, we pray that you would bless this show to the edification of the saints Lord, if there need to be a strong warning, may we hear it. But Lord, above all, may not the words of man be heeded, but may the words of God be followed above everything. Lord, as we speak tonight and share, may it be from your heart. But if we dare say anything, Lord, that's not according to your will, may it be taken away, removed from anybody's remembrance, Lord, so that only your word and the things that you desire would be remembered and followed. I pray that you would cover this audience, the people that are listening, Lord, myself and Brother Benjamin, protect our minds uh, against the onslaught, the attacks that are already going and shall intensify. We believe, Lord, that as, as wickedness shall abound, that grace will abound even more. So, Lord, please fill us with your spirit tonight as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Amen. brother, Hallelujah. it's been a couple weeks since you've been on, and I know this is so cliche, but it again, it's so much different than the last time you were on. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> we are moving in uh, warp speed. Yes. Set the drive to warp speed as we race towards the day of the Lord. Frank. Hey, great to be here. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. That though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for Amen. you will walk with us in the days that are ahead. And I was, I was talking to my sister, um, who has been just a, a faithful sister, a faithful sister in the Lord, and a faithful friend my entire life. And uh, she gets a little nervous about what's coming, and 
you know, I, and I told her, uh, her name's Patty. I said, Patty, we're just going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, just like the psalm said. And the Lord's going to walk with us, and we're going to be fine. And so, really, that's what, you know, this looks like from the perspective of the remnant. We're just going to walk out Psalm 23, and probably the rest of the Psalms as well, (laughs) before the Lord appears in the sky. So praise God. You know, there really is nothing to fear from what is coming. But in order to be in a place of not fearing what is happening on the earth, we must be filled with the fear of the Lord. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Frank, praise God, as soon as we get on this program, you start praying, the anointing starts falling. So I bless the Lord, and I thank the Lord for the faithfulness that he has shown all of us, the faithfulness that he, he watches over his word to perform it day in and day out. His word is always true. And so... You know, the darkness is coming on the earth, and and terrible days are coming upon those who walk in the flesh. And fear will be in the way. But those who are reserved by the Lord as part of his remnant, they need not fear what is about to come upon the earth. But we need to be prayed up. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, what a great intro. Yeah, time of testing is coming. The enemy's going to throw everything they got, including the kitchen sink at every one of us. Uh, I've been, you know, seen plenty of that in my times recently. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have as well. Frank, I wanted to start just real brief with just a brief, brief summary of some of the key news. Uh, today, July 30th, the year 2020, crime skyrocketing all over America. It is crazy. In all these liberal cities where the riots have been going on and they're defunding the police and they're letting all the criminals out of jail, crime's exploding. Frank, can you imagine that outcome? I mean, what were we thinking? Of course it is. Minneapolis is outrageous. The crime rate is almost, what, 40% or car theft up almost 50%. And, and the crimes are occurring in broad daylight. It's just, it's completely out of control. Good thing it's peaceful. COVID. Pardon me? I said, good thing it's just peaceful protest. I oh, hate to see oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the peaceful riots, right. Um, yeah, Seattle PD impounds a van full of explosives, guns, and, and uh, other weapons after violent protests. Peaceful protesters do not show up with vans full of weapons and explosives. It's it's so absurd. It's almost laughable. The true face of the COVID-19 crisis is being exposed. Fear and shock therapy towards a totalitarian new world order state. Amen. Fear is is only the reverse of faith. It is faith in evil instead of faith in God. Hallelujah. Amen. The propaganda are already starting for the third wave of the virus and the lockdowns. The U.S. economy suffered the worst quarterly decline since the Second World War. GDP shrank in the quarter end of June 30 by 33%. Frank, these are catastrophic numbers. 
These are depressionary numbers. Dell Big Trees High Wire Channel, deplatformed by YouTube. I guess Dell had just too much truth out there for YouTube to tolerate him any longer. Thirty million in the U.S. didn't have enough to eat last week. Oh, this is a good one. A mysterious swarm of drones descended on the largest nuclear power plant, the Palo Verde plant in Arizona, in the last few days, testing defenses. A black Trump supporter was stabbed uh, yesterday in, during a Portland protest by one of the peaceful Antifa members. Uh, news on July 29th. The world is spinning out of control, according to John Rubino. No doubt about that. This is like nothing we've ever seen. Violence and anarchy continuing to reign in Portland, that wonderful, liberal, and peaceful state. Folks, if you live in Portland, Oregon, you might want to move. The U.N. is now beginning to work with Antifa protesters. Oh, let's do, you know, let's take it to the next level, shall we? After we defund the police, we'll be sure to invite in the U.N. troops. Iran practicing mock attacks on U.S. carriers in the, uh, in the Persian Gulf off the Straits of Hormuz. Bobby Kennedy Jr. warning parents of the dangers of the largely untested COVID vaccine on kids. Apparently, the uh, 45 people that were tested with the Moderna vaccine has had large numbers that have been become very, very sick. In the low-dose group, they apparently divided the vaccine test into three groups, high-dose, medium-dose, and low-dose. In the low-dose group, one of the people was so sick they had to be hospitalized, and that was out of 15. 6%. In the high-dose group, three people got so sick they were hospitalized. That's 20%. And yet they're going ahead and planning to produce billions of doses of this vaccine that will be sure to ruin your health. They're only giving these vaccines in these tests to the healthiest people, Bobby Kennedy said. Children's Health Defense is Robert Kennedy's website if you want to learn more about the plan to, uh, what should we say, chemically modify the slave population through advances in vaccine technology. Yes, uh, it's a slave management protocol, folks. Sorry you thought it was all about health. It's not. It's all about wealth after all, and the ability to control the population of the New World Order. We'll probably get deplatformed too, huh, Frank? Um, Sweden defeated the coronavirus without a lockdown. Amazing. News on July 28th. Huge naval deployment in the Indian Ocean. India literally deploys all of their warships, sending a message to China. Uh, explosions hit Iraqi weapons depots used by pro-Iranian militia. Locals claim it was the U.S. Air Force. Uh, reports out of China, the Chinese government is erecting or, or putting up posters all across China instructing citizens what to do in the event of an air raid and in the event of a nuclear attack on China. Now, who in their right mind would be planning to launch a nuclear strike against China? Well, nobody. But there's a country close or near and dear to all of us that might attempt to respond with a nuclear strike in the event they are attacked first. Hallelujah. So, you know, that's just <laughs> three days. Frank, it's getting crazy. 
you, I, you almost have yeah. to laugh at it because it's so serious. You'd be crying all the time. It is serious, and, and uh, it's getting out of control. And, and let me tell you something, Benjamin. This is a little little something else I've just seen. Because, uh, you know, folks, God still has me sometimes speak at churches and different things that are gathering, whether they're even outside or however this you know ridiculous social distancing lockdown. But what I have noticed, and my wife was uh, telling me about it the other day, uh, that people that are within the uh, the church, established church that are totally into this um, vaccine, or excuse me, not this vaccine, but this pandemic, just yelling, angry, if you dare not wear your mask. Brother, we've seen it. Um, my wife's seen it, that it is coming to those folks within your own groups of worship that will turn yep. you in. They yeah. will turn where is your mask? You I mean, in. where's your mark? Yes. Right? My wife face, was, brother. My wife no, was the in mask a Walmart. Is on the, face. the mark's on the yeah. right hand or the forehead. Hallelujah. Yeah. My wife Not was in a Walmart, and she got chewed out by an older lady in Walmart that's a, supposedly a very good Christian lady came and chewed her out. And she's like, where's your mask? And my wife just said, my faith is in God and walked away. Exactly. Like that My much, freedom doesn't end where your fear begins. Exactly. Now, the country's going insane. Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. And the seed of the woman will bruise thy head, and you will bruise his heel. And so this enmity is here, and that word in Hebrew, it's abba, and it means hatred, hostility. Um, my friend Jeff Nyquist just published in English a new book, which y'all should check out. Uh, pretty exciting, actually. Um, Jeff's, Jeff's new book is called The Fool and His Enemy, Toward a Met- Metaphysics of Evil. You ought to check it out. But on his um, blog... Jeff writes, enmity is ill will, hostility, and t- antipathy, animosity, rancor, and above all, it is pure hatred. Not passive, but active. And it's hatred that fuels the cruelty of war. It is the force and the meaning of war. It is the reason for war. It is the all in all of war. Enmity and envy. The source of much enmity comes from envy. The patriarchs moved with envy when they sold Joseph into Egypt. Many offended, betraying one another with enmity and with envy. Brother, it is in full motion now. It's just simply unbelievable how it's all just right before our eyes, Frank. At the same time, the hindrance, the opposition, the warfare and the spirit against each and every one of us being raised to new levels. The need for people to spend more time in their prayer closet and to set aside and to consecrate time for fasting and prayer and to call the solemn assemblies that the scripture admonishes us to call for. 
in the prophecies of Joel. The time was never more urgent. But yet, nobody's calling for solemn assemblies, Frank. I was listening to a pastor preach in the last few weeks, and he was reading the prophecies from the book of Joel. Call a solemn assembly. Declare a fast. Gather together in solemn assemblies and in fasting and in prayer. And he read the whole section from Joel, and then he said, Folks, that means we need to repent. I'm thinking to myself. I'm literally I'm hitting myself in the head. Right? Slapping my palm on my head. When God said, call a solemn assembly, he didn't mean, I want you to repent. He meant, I want you to call a solemn assembly. Do exactly as the Lord instructed. But no, this last day's church, Frank, it goes in one ear and out the other. We hear it, we don't do it. We hear it, we just dismiss it. We hear it, we think, well, yeah, that's probably a good idea, but... I've been invited to preach in, in uh, different churches of late, and, you know, God bless um, <laughs> the churches that would give the microphone to me, right? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be politically correct. We're running Not one bit. Not one bit. Yeah, I, I didn't come here. You know, and folks, I am not pointing the finger at you. I'm I'm calling myself out too. We got to get these solemn assemblies organized. We've got to learn to fast and pray. We've got to do the hard work while there yet remains daylight in which we can work. But Frank, you know, I don't really I don't want to be rude, but I I also want to be um, truthful. I've visited numbers of churches uh, in recent times. And, you know, please forgive me uh, if uh, any listeners uh, feel they're being personally uh, offended by this. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm trying to bless you. Frank, the majority of the people are obese. Morbidly. Mm. But there, you know, it's... And I'm not, I'm not trying to judge those people, but we're being called to fast and pray. We're being called to to, you know, come out of Babylon. And, you know, the Romans had their feasts where they would just eat to the point where they literally could eat no more, and they, so they would vomit, and then they'd go back and eat again. You know, I don't think we're at that level, but, but uh, you know, this is a country that can't stop eating. You know, we're a people that we've been raised on in abundance of food, and, and food's pleasurable, and it's easy to fall into the gluttony of the American lifestyle, because we are a people of gluttony. This, this is a nation of obesity, and yet God's calling us to fasting and prayer. He's calling us to solemn assemblies. But in the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah in weeping following the destruction of Jerusalem and following the capture and the captivity of the people. And most of Israel had been carried off into slavery by this point, but Nebuchadnezzar had heard of Jeremiah's fame, 
and so had com- commanded his military, when you find this guy Jeremiah, you don't touch him, because he told the truth. And so Jeremiah was free to remain in Jerusalem, but he was weeping in the midst of the ruins of the temple, right? Frank, that temple was destroyed on the 9th of Av. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple on the ninth day of the month of Av. Brother, that is today on the biblical calendar. And hundreds of years later, in the common era when the Romans came in the year 70 and destroyed the temple again a second time, it was destroyed on the ninth of Av today. And here in the last time, the Lord is building a temple without hands. And we are the living stones. And the enemy is here to try to destroy the temple yet again. And he's been very successful. He's been very, very successful in bringing enmity and division. And bringing compromise and sin. And I don't know how he does it, but he causes the majority of us to just simply ignore the warnings in Scripture. And so in Lamentations, Jeremiah began to exclaim, he began to pour out the sorrow and the weeping from his heart as he said, how does the city sit alone that was once full of people? And that the word in, in the King James is solitary, but it actually means desolation. The city is desolate. It's become a widow. It is empty. What, this city, this nation that was once great among the nations, and a queen or a prince among the provinces, has been ruined. She weeps in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. All of her lovers are gone, and she has none to comfort her. All of her friends have dealt treacherously with her. Her allies betrayed her. Her friends forsook her. They have become her enemies. Same thing is about to happen to the daughter of Babylon. Our friends will forsake us. Our mother will be sorely confounded. They will stand off for fear of the burning. And the once great nation-state, Babylon, America, will lie in desolation. And her people will go into captivity. And they will experience affliction, the likes of which they have never known. And they will come under great bondage and servitude. And they will find no rest. And the ways, the paths, the people of Zion, the people of God, the people of America will be mourning because none came to the solemn assemblies. None came to the solemn feast days, the solemn appointed, the word is actually the appointed times, the times the Lord had appointed for the people to gather in solemn assemblies, and no one came, Frank. And now the whole nation had been literally desolated. The gates are desolate. The priests, the pastors will be sighing. The virgins will be afflicted. And I don't want to go into the details of what that's going to look like. 
The women will be in great bitterness. This is not good what is coming. And yet, God's offering a way out, but nobody is listening. You know, Isaiah 42, verse 18, Hear, you deaf. You know, we must be deaf. God describes his own people as deaf, dumb, and blind. And look, you blind, that you may see. Who is blind? As my servant. Or deaf as my messenger. Who is blind? As blind as the servants of the Lord. Seeing many things you observe them not. Opening the ear but hearing nothing. This is a people robbed and spoiled. All of them snared in holes. They are hidden in prison houses. They are for a prey and no one delivers them. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Who gave Israel for a spoil and turned over his people to the robbers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have all sinned? For we would not walk in his ways. Neither were we obedient unto his law. Therefore he is about to pour out upon this nation the fury of his anger in the power of his battle. And he's going to set this land on fire round about, and yet the people know it not. They're about to be burned, yet they lay it not to their heart. I want to talk about these things in a little greater detail, but I want to start in Psalm 49, verses 3 to 5. My mouth will speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart will be of understanding. I'm going to incline my ear to a parable, and I will open my dark saying upon the harp. Wherefore, why should I fear in the days of evil, when the iniquity of my own heals? shall compass me about. There are a people who have responded. Who in their mouth are words of wisdom. In their hearts, they meditate on the understanding of the Word of God, and they incline their ear to the secret things, the parable. The word is mashal. It means that which is hidden. And, and these parables have been opened unto them, and therefore they do not need to fear in the days of evil. When the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about. The dark saying that is being opened are the sealed prophecies. And that word for compass about is shabab, and it means to surround on every side. To come against, to compass about on every side, to be beset about and besieged by our iniquities. The iniquities of America are surrounding her. They're in our cities. The, the enemies of America are around our country. They've, they've infiltrated into our land. There's a, a silent army that has already invaded our land, and they're in deep cover, and they're already engaged in sabotage. They're already engaged in operations against us. Our iniquities are the found us out. But there are a people, there's a remnant that will not need to fear in this time. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 50, verse 3. Our God shall come, and he will not keep silent. The fire shall devour before him. It shall be very tempestuous, 
a tough one. Round about him. It'll be like a tribulation. He will call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. The Lord will come, fire devouring before him, pestilence before his face. And he will call, he will cry out to the heavens from above, and he will cry to the earth that he will begin to judge the people. And he says, gather my saints together. That's the remnant. Gather my saints, my remnant together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens shall declare his righteousness, for God himself is the judge. So here the Lord is coming forth in judgment, fire devouring before him, the tribulation being poured out round about, and he's calling forth to his angelic army, gather together my saints, the ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Well, wait a minute. I, I thought we were in the new covenant. We are. Well, what covenant is this? Did we make the new covenant? Nope. No, the new covenant was between Jesus and the Father. They did it all by themselves. It was done before we even heard about it. So how, how did we make a covenant with God? Well, we're supposed to make our own covenant. Did you know that, Frank? That God is looking for us to respond and to enter into covenant with Him? Yeah, He is. And He requires a sacrifice of us. Well, the new covenant required a sacrifice, right? The old covenant required a sacrifice. It was the animals, the lambs, and the, and the bulls that had to die for the sins of the people. And in the new covenant, it was Jesus himself. The king had to die in order to save his remnant. But in the covenant that we make, Frank, we got to die to ourselves, to our flesh, to the sin nature to that unforgiveness, to the pride, to the ways of the world, to the pride of life. We need to turn away from all of it. And we need to make a covenant that includes a sacrifice. And if there's one thing that the church, this last day's church, that has been swept away into so much error, the one thing they're missing is they don't have a personal covenant that they entered into with God. They've never presented their lives as a living sacrifice. They've never fasted and, and literally denied the flesh. They've never set aside a season of prayer and a season of, of repentance. They've never actually organized a solemn assembly or attended one. They just went to the church and, and were assured that they've been legally justified by faith in Jesus under the new covenant. And that is true if they are born again. They, they indeed are legally justified. And so their legal standing has been decided. They are innocent before the throne of Almighty God. But they're not sanctified. That process requires our cooperation. And they haven't yet made a covenant. So we need to look at that. 
we must renew our covenant with the Lord. If you've never made one, I would suggest you might want to consider it. There's no problem with the new covenant. It's perfect. The problem that is occurring in the church today, the problem that is occurring in the lives of the vast majority of, our, of the listeners, the problem in our lives is the covenant of our repentance has been incomplete. The vows of our offering have been unfulfilled. We haven't fulfilled our vows. We have not fully presented our lives living sacrifices. And, and to the extent we did, these covenants have then later been broken when, when we turned away from our first love. So we have to return to the Lord. We've got to present our lives as living sacrifices. And the way to do it is in fasting and in prayer and in the solemn assemblies. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 50, verse 14. Offer unto God thanksgiving. Pay thy vows unto the Most High. How many of you guys have made a vow to the Lord? Not everybody has. But some people have. I, I made a vow to the Lord. Not even to get anything. <laughs> I made a vow to God just as a thank you for what I received in in salvation, in Jesus' name. I wanted to do something for God. Well, now I'm bound by my vow. And I say, yes and amen, Lord. Give me the strength to, to always honor and to complete and to fulfill the vows that I made to my God. But we are required to keep our vows under the Lord. And then the scripture says, and then call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. Hallelujah. Those who have paid their vows, those who have made a covenant with God by sacrifice, those who have obeyed the Word of God, and not just let the Word go in one ear and out the other, being a hearer only and not a doer of the Word, I'm not sure where they appear, but I don't, I don't think you want to be there with them. I will deliver you, and you will glorify me, the Scripture says. But unto the wicked, God says, What have you to do with declaring my statutes? Or that you should take my word, my covenant, in your mouth. The Lord's literally rebuking people who are they're quoting the Scriptures. They're talking about the covenant. They're claiming a relationship with Jesus, and the Lord is saying, What are you even doing? speaking about because they're not born again these are people that are yet dead in their sin though this fact has been hidden from their eyes yet their unrepentant sin will surely now find them out and claiming the covenant of the Lord or declaring the word of God will avail them nothing Psalm 50 verse 22 now consider this you that have forgotten God and lest I tear you into pieces, and there be no one to deliver you from my hand. Whoso offers praise glorifies me, and to him that orders his conversation aright, I will show and reveal the salvation of God. Okay, we're in a spiritual battle. I know a lot of you guys are fighting. We're fighting. I'm fighting. Frank's fighting. Frank already warned you, a greater offensive is coming against the body of believers. So we got to gear up and get ready to fight at even a higher level. Our weapons of our warfare, our praise and worship 
and we need to guard our lips. Order your conversation properly. Do not speak words without knowledge that darken your counsel. And what are those? Those are the words of how you feel when you're downcast, and when you feel like you're failing, and when you wonder if the Lord is, is really there for you, and you don't want to give voice to any of those doubts. You just zip that lip. And you go in your prayer closet. You take authority. You speak the promises of the Word of God. Because God's Word is true. And every other word that comes out of our mouth is subject to being false. So we need to order our conversation properly. And we need to learn how to walk and how to stay in the place of praise and worship. We must order our conversation. Our words must be of truth not of lies or errors or words whose roots are in our pride. And you know, the men of pride love to make their declarations. Have you guys run into those people? Oh, my word, you know, you, you talk to them and... Go ahead. I, I know, I, yes, I'm just saying amen. I've had face to... I've had extreme confrontations. People just ruin some of the most stressful situations I've ever been in is from these people. Oh, they're horrible. And they're like, they're uber spiritual. They think they are, you know, I mean, they're so arrogant in their pride, they would presume to declare words over you. You know, uh, brothers and sisters, if you ever catch me doing that, you know, you correct me because I do not want to put yokes on people. I'll declare the word of God that you should fast and pray. <laughs> Because we're all required to obey the Word of God. But, you know, these people come and they want to make their declarations over you. And it's all rooted in pride and it's all false. And the Lord God Almighty will require this of them quite soon. Benjamin, they, they are spiritual narcissists. That's they, exactly. All. It's egomania. It's arrogant pride. It's all about lifting themselves up. They're so whatever that they can declare things over you. And it comes out of the flesh. It's not even by the Spirit of God because it's being contaminated by the Spirit of Pride. And you know what? To get away from those people. Close the door on them. You don't need them. You don't need the counsel of men in this hour. You must seek and find the counsel of God. You know, and look, it's easier to pick up the phone and call a man. But you're only going to get the counsel of men. What do you got? You got the counsel of men. Well, how do you know what, whether it's true or false? You don't. Now you've got to try to get it confirmed. It's easier to just get the counsel of God in the first place. Even though in this time it seems like it's hard to hear the Lord, you press in, you clean up the vessel... Stop eating the poison products falsely called food. Start eating the uh, whole plant-based, you know, natural food diet, the Daniel fast of things that God created. If God made it, you can eat it. If man made it, you probably should think twice. And then you want to cut out the animal products that are full of all kinds of chemicals that are not really good for you in this time. And add to that seasons of fasting and prayer and call and organize your own solemn assemblies and you're going to be just fine, children. Only deep repentance. Well, pardon me, let me back up. 
Psalm 51, verse 2. Why, this, this is David crying out for mercy. And he says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my secret sin. I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. So, in many places in Scripture, the Lord says, only acknowledge your iniquity. But we're also called to confess our sins one to another. And it's very powerful when you bring it into the light. Now, the Lord means for you to follow his instructions precisely. When he said one to another, he means one to another one. He doesn't mean to the prayer group. He doesn't mean to the church. They can't handle their own sin. They don't need to hear about yours. Confess your sins one to another. Acknowledge your transgression. <clears throat> Behold, thou desireth truth in the inner parts, and in the hidden parts you shall make me to know wisdom. It's the very deepest part of our heart where deep cries out to deep that we need the repentance and the forgiveness and the healing and the deliverance. Only deep repentance can purge these inward parts. And it is only by fasting and prayer and seasons in, in repentance and humbling ourselves and through the power of confessing our sins one to another, which is the purpose of the solemn assemblies, will we, will we ever get there. If we want to get to the place of deep repentance, where these deep sins are buried, and they could be sins related to trauma that occurred in your life, where you are the victim, and yet bitterness, anger, resentments, the enemy tagged you with a whole bunch of worldly responses to injury and abuse. And those need to be cleaned. Those wounds need to be healed. Those trigger points the enemy has in your life need to be removed. It all needs to be brought under the blood of Jesus. And you need to be restored so that the enemy would have nothing in you. But the deep repentance to touch some of those parts can only be, you can only get there through seasons of fasting and prayer. You can't just repent with a cheeseburger in your hand. Psalm 51, verse 7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, I'll be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. This is David crying out to be delivered and restored. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse 14, deliver me from blood guiltness. O God, thou God of my salvation, Verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. God talked about calling forth the saints. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifices. And the sacrifices of God that he desires in this hour are a broken spirit, a broken heart, a contrite heart. And when you finally get in touch with the reality, all the pride and all the facade and all the pretense just fades away. And you find out we're all the same broken, wounded people in desperate need of healing and deliverance from the Lord. 
Because what is coming is so evil that unless we're hidden by God, if we still have a foot in the world, if the enemy still has the toehold in our lives, what will be unleashed in the months and years ahead will be perhaps difficult, if not impossible, to handle in the place of a divided heart. That's why we must respond now. While there is yet day to deal with these issues, and the Lord is on this page. This is what this is God's will for the lives of his remnant, is he wants to clean us up and make us ready to walk through that valley of the shadow of death, and at the same time to fear no evil. Joel 1, verses 14 and 15, sanctify a fast, call for a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and his destruction from the Almighty it shall come. Hallelujah. His destruction it's coming. We're called to enter into the house of the Lord. It's, I want to share um, a little bit from my book, Search the Scriptures. This is Volume 3, The Remnant Shall Return. I want to talk about a solemn assembly that occurred um, in October of 1945. Following the end of the war, uh, most of the Jewish survivors were still living in the concentration camps because much of the continent of Europe had been bombed into oblivion, and there really wasn't extra housing for them anyway. So the only thing that had changed, really, is that the Allied uh, powers were not murdering the Jews, and and they were being um, given uh, better food rations. And probably they had probably more coal for the fire, and maybe they had a blanket and a pillow for the first time. But they were still living in the camps. So now these were like refugee re- recovery centers. And in, in October of 1945, on the day of Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, 5,000 Jews from various camps gathered together for their first Yom Kippur of freedom. They came for a solemn assembly. as commanded by the Lord. They came to pray, and they came to repent. One observer said, the intensity of the prayers in that service is something I will never forget. Mothers wailing, crying for children that were gone, who had been murdered by the Nazis, young and old alike, each crying, wailing, mourning the loss of a child or a parent, a brother or a sister. Everyone was wailing and weeping, for everyone had lost someone. It was as if only mourners had been invited to attend that solemn assembly on Yom Kippur in October of 1945. The Day of Atonement is a day of solemn assemblies, according to the scriptures. And when the Lord calls for a solemn assembly, if the people refuse to respond, the Lord will bring the solemn assembly to the people. And when the Lord calls for fasting and prayer, if the people refuse to respond with fasting and prayer, the Lord will bring a time of fasting upon the people, which the world calls famine. 
Israel was brought to a solemn assembly in that day in October of 1945. The church in the West must also pass through a solemn assembly. I admonish every one of us, I even beg and plead with you, begin fasting and praying and asking God to open the door for you to attend a solemn assembly. We must cooperate and do the things the Lord is commanding us to do. Lest we force the Lord to do those things in us through His power. But they are going to get done one way or another. Every one of us, if you're in the remnant, you will attend a solemn assembly, perhaps more than just a few. And we will all learn to fast and pray. It's our choice as to when and under what circumstances. And it's really best to begin now in the comfort of... Pardon me, Frank, with my phone. Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Alas, for the day of the Lord is at hand. This is from Matthew Henry. God's loving kindness ought to have kept his people faithful and loyal, but in the last day, his grace and love were presumed upon. Boy, isn't that true? Didn't we all presume upon the Lord's faithfulness to forgive us? Oh, Lord, I repent. I repent for my nation. I repent for my brothers and sisters, Lord. How, how dare us presume upon the mercy of God? How often were his words ignored? And thus evil has flourished in our land. And so awful judgments were announced in the book of Joel. Such judgments call for repentance, fasting, humiliation, and intercession. These are days in the national experience of America when it becomes of us to gird ourselves and lament. And all you need to do is look at the news. There's plenty to weep about if you merely open your eyes. This is from uh, another commentator named Barnes. Sanctify a fast. Notice the Lord does not say only proclaim or appoint a fast, but sanctify it. Hallow it. Hallow seasons of fastings with devotion to the Lord and with acts that are meet for repentance. For fasting is not accepted by God unless it is done in humility, in love, in obedience to His commandments. To sanctify means to make something an offering unto God, as it were a sacrifice, a holy and a blameless fast. I hear people say things like, well, I'm fasting from TV. Okay, well, you know, you probably should just turn the program off. Find another channel. Go listen to Joel. What's his name? Um, We're not talking about sanctifying, turning off your television. We're talking about sanctifying your lives. Our lives becoming the sacrifice of the covenant we are going to make with our God. Hallelujah, for the day of the Lord is at hand. And the prophet warns us, as destruction from the Almighty, it shall come. And the name, the Almighty, or God Almighty, is seldom used in Scripture. It's not used as a mere name for God. It is always in reference to His awesome power through which He judges His people and the nations. The Lord refers to Himself as the Almighty and the All-Just. Hence, in the New Testament, the reference of God Almighty occurs 
almost exclusively in the book of Revelation, through which he will reveal his terrible judgments, which are about to come forth upon the earth. The warnings in the prophecies of Joel are adopted from the warnings of Isaiah chapter 13. And the word for destruction in Hebrew, which is shud, shin dalit, is formed from the same root as the word almighty, shin dalit yod, shadeh. So this is the destruction, the judgment that comes from God exercising his power as the almighty. The word might is used here in the form of destruction. A mighty destruction is coming. A day shall come in which the Lord will lift himself up as God Almighty, and he will utterly destroy his enemies. And this destruction is irresistible. It is inevitable. It is unendurable. It is overwhelming for the sinner. A complete annihilation of all that is evil, sinful, or compromised is coming upon the earth. And there will be no evil, sin, or compromise that will escape. And the sinners in Zion do falsely comfort themselves if they do not respond to the heavens' command. We are fooling ourselves if we are not responding to heaven's command that we gather together in times of repentance with fasting and prayer to seek heaven's grace. Joel 2.1, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, let the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, behold, it is nigh at hand. Let the inhabitants tremble. We should all be troubled when we hear these words of God, rebuking, threatening, avenging, as Jeremiah said, my heart within me is broken, my bones are shaking because of the Lord and because of the word of his holiness. Jeremiah understood better than most of us the severity of the words he was receiving from the Lord. And Jeremiah was trembling. He was troubled. His bones were shaking because he understood the holiness of the Lord. And he had some vision of what was about to be, about to be revealed, released, let loose in the land. For the day of the Lord is at hand. And this is the day in which God avenges, he avenges all unrepented sin. It is the day in which God will avenge the wrongs that were done to the Lord through the disobedience of his people. The wrongs that we did to the Lord. What? Does anybody even comprehend that statement? That the people of God have wronged the Lord, we have injured the Lord, we have hurt the Lord. We have a, there are some among us, we have offended the Lord. He's been offended. His feelings hurt. His love for us, his great love for us, his heart is wounded at the defections and the deceptions of his people. So he is appointed a day to avenge in which he says, I will not leave you altogether unpunished. But in his, love, his great love and mercy for his people, before that avenging judgment comes forth, he's giving a last call to whoever would hear to humble themselves and pray, to 
seek his face, to turn from their wicked ways, and to return to the Lord. Because of the severity of the hour, this time requires fasting and prayer and gathering in solemn assemblies where we could confess our sins one to another and pray for one another that we might be set free, that times of refreshing could come from the Lord, that we would be among the remnant that in this time of incredible darkness we will be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but we will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff shall comfort me. But if we're not part of the remnant, walking through the valley with the Lord, a day of darkness and of gloom is coming. A day of misery and terror without number is about to manifest, and men will be tormented, both within their minds from the inner darkness now manifesting in their hearts, and in the outer darkness and tribulation that is going to explode across the earth. A whirlwind of the Lord is about to go forth in fury, and it will grievously fall upon the heads of the wicked. And the anger of the Lord shall not return until he has executed. A day of clouds and of thick darkness is coming. The plagues of locusts, the urban riots in America, the pandemic of COVID-19, these are but faint shadows of the coming evil. They are the first harbingers of God's coming devastating judgments. Locust plagues don't come in legions, but whole clouds. These clouds are covering nations. The air darkens as the clouds of locusts approach. Even as the spiritual atmosphere is clouded by the evil now being released upon the earth. And so the Lord admonishes his people. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye unto me with all your heart, and with fasting, weeping, with mourning, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and return, turn back to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he will repent of the evil that he has planned for you. He will return and repent and leave a blessing behind for all of those who repent with all their heart. He'll leave a meat offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. The averting of judgment is, is offered to the people of God. You can turn this around. Even in this late hour, the outcome for you and your family can change. But you have to rend your heart. To rend a garment is easy, but a broken and contrite heart cannot be found. But by the grace of the Holy Spirit, the love of God should bring us to repentance. For he takes no pleasure in the misery or the suffering of his people. If we repent and turn from our sin, we will find an immediate embrace by a loving Father. Joel had called for the trumpet to announce war. Now he directs the same trumpet to summon the people and to plead with them for help. Prayers and true repentance mixed with faith bring an immediate answer from heaven. As a husband who is heartbroken, yet angered with a, with a wandering wife, and indignant with the mistreatment that he has 
received from her hand, yet he desires her to return. So the Lord is waiting for us. And when we turn to him, he will deal with those who have cruelly oppressed us. Therefore, here is the promise from heaven. All of this being said by God, there remains only one way of escape. Deep and true repentance. It's as if God said, I've spoken all of this in order to warn you, to terrify you. I have threatened you. Therefore, hear me and turn back to me with all your heart and show the repentance of your heart by fasting, weeping, and mourning. For if you rend your hearts in sorrow, as I have commanded you, and you return unto the Lord your God, from whom your sins have greatly alienated you, you will surely receive the Lord's merciful pardon, in spite of the greatness of your guilt. For God's mighty mercy will blot out all of your sins. It's because of the blood of Jesus. You know, God is, God has an infinite mind. He has, he's got infinite knowledge. God knows all things. God remembers all things. God has created all things. And he knows it all at the same instant in time. He knows everything Amen. all the time. There's only one thing God doesn't know, and it is that which he has chosen to forget. The only thing he chooses to forget are the sins that are repented of. And they are covered by the blood of Jesus. And the reason Father God chooses to forget is he cannot look past the blood. You see, Father God still remembers what happened to his son. He remembers what they did. And it brought such horror to the heart of God. He can't look past the blood. Everything that's under the blood, it's covered. The penalty has been paid. The perfect sacrifice was made. And so God chooses not only to forgive, but to forget. But we must show up 100%. can't leave these areas of darkness buried deep in our souls. And the only way to touch them, brothers and sisters, is fasting and prayer. The only way to touch them. If we return to the Lord, we will surely find mercy. Hallelujah. So he, he cries out, Turn ye to me. Not halfway not in some things, but turn from all of the lusts and the pleasures to which we have all forsaken God. And, brothers and sisters, one of the sins that we um, are guilty of is gluttony. And it's a systemic sin in our country. We've all been raised as Americans. We we all ate too much on Thanksgiving. Right? Am I right, Frank? I mean, has anyone not done that? We all overeat. And the scripture talks about woe unto the nation whose 
princes and whose elders eat for pleasure. That's America. The people eat for pleasure. And the Lord says, how blessed is the nation whose people eat for strength. They eat what is required for physical strength and no more. And so, you know, fasting and changing our diet is a big part of changing our life. Turning off the television, turning off the entertainment of Babylon, coming out from among them, putting away the alcohol. Or, you know, if, if anybody's still smoking marijuana, you should just go flush that right now. Put down the cigarettes. Everything of this world that is defiling you needs to go in the trash, and then it needs to be outside of the house before the sun goes down tonight. And we must return to the Lord. Turn to me with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with your entire spirit, and with all of your affections, saith the Lord. And hold back nothing of what was secretly stolen from God and given unto the idols and the lust and the appetites of the flesh. In return with fasting, this is required that the whole heart could be healed. For if the outer man is not part of the repentance, if our flesh is not part of the sacrifice, then we are only partially repenting. So the fasting and prayer was mandatory. If you're not fasting, you won't be lasting very long in what's about to happen. Now, some people have accused me of saying, Benjamin, are you saying we have to fast in order to be saved? No. Your salvation is not dependent on you fasting and praying. But your sanctification is a function of how obedient we are and how much we literally purge ourselves of the things of the flesh and enter into the things of the Spirit. And the most powerful way to get that done is fasting and prayer. Fasting humbles our heart. It puts off the flesh. You know, the Scripture tells us that Jeshurun, which was Jacob, he waxed fat and he forsook God and he lightly esteemed the God of his salvation. Deuteronomy 32.15 Folks, that's the church. That's Laodicea. They're rich in need of nothing and they've forgotten the Lord. They're full of the things of this flesh and of, the, of this era. But they're all together bankrupt in the things of God. The Lord called it spiritual skid row. I mean, imagine that. The people are so d deluded in deception, they think themselves rich in terms of the things of God because their bellies are full, they've got these expensive lifestyles, they're rich in need of nothing, they're full of their pride, and they're absolutely bankrupt spiritually to the point that God looks at the Laodicean churches and says, this looks like Skid Row to me. And you all, have you ever seen Skid Row? That's not a pretty picture. Turn with weeping and mourning, rending our hearts and not our garments. Turn unto the Lord our God. God still acknowledges and recognizes that He's our God. He may be, He may have separated Himself from some of us, but He has not forsaken you. He is still your God, and that's why He's calling you back to Himself.
The Lord doesn't change. If we return, we will find that he is still our God. He says in Jeremiah, return you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. And Israel answers and says, Lord, thou art our God. The Lord is very gracious and merciful, but he wants a congregation of people who have been sanctified. Do all that lies in your power to seek the Lord your God in this hour. Gather the elders, gather the children. The, the fact that the children were being called to the solemn assemblies, and, and the Lord actually instructed the people to pray through all night. Some Christians actually do that these days. You could actually take the prophecy in the book of Joel, and you could use it, literally, you could make a list out of the commandments in the prophecy, and, and make get a notepad out and just n write down every single thing the Lord said to do. Sanctify fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders, bring all the inhabitants, that includes the children, right? Blow the trumpet in Zion, Turn to the Lord with fasting, weeping, mourning. Rend your heart, not your garb. These are all the points on your to-do list. Now, how long should you fast? Until your fasting and repentance has produced weeping and mourning. If you're not weeping for your sin, if you're not mourning for what's about to happen to your country, to your family, to your friends, to your nation, you need more fasting and prayer. There's a... a a friend of mine, recent friend, her name is uh, Deborah. I sat next to her in church last Sunday, and, and while we were worshiping, she was just weeping. And the Holy Spirit was on her so powerfully that I was getting anointed in the fullness of the presence of God just by sitting next to And she had been fasting for several days, and her heart, she is seeking God with every ounce, every fiber in her is seeking the Lord. And... She's weeping and mourning and fasting and praying, and the presence of God is flowing out of her. Living water is flowing out of that sister. And so how long do you need to fast and pray for? Until you're weeping and mourning. That's why it's in here. This is your checklist. Rend your heart. Turn back to the Lord. Find the rest of the to-do items in the three chapters of Joel. Gather the children. The sight of the little children in these solemn assemblies should have been enough to break the hearts of the elders and the parents. Because these children are going to suffer whatever judgment comes on their parents. That's what happened to Achan. He had little children. Curses come upon the children to the fourth generation. These innocent little children are going to suffer or be blessed based on the response of their parents and their grandparents. So if you're not willing to do this for yourselves, think about your kids. Think about your children. Those of us that are grandparents, think about your grandbabies. Is it worth it? I think the answer is yes. It is indeed worth it. Hallelujah. Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 11. And in that day you shall not be ashamed anymore.
for all of your doings. In all the ways that you transgressed against me, because God's going to completely wash away the sins of the people, we won't even be ashamed anymore. We'll have been cleaned. And I will take away out of the midst of you those that rejoice in their pride. Those people that are always wanting to lift them, they're gone. And you'll, you'll be no more haughty on my holy mountain. And I'll leave in the midst of you an afflicted and a poor people who will trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no iniquity, nor will they speak lies. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. They will feed and lie down, and no one will make them afraid. This is the great tribulation. The whole earth trembling in fear, and the remnant are going to... They're going to be fed the finest of grain. Their water will be sure. Their food provided. And they will lie down and sleep. And nothing will make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all of your heart, daughters of Jerusalem. For the Lord has taken away your judgments. He's cast out your enemy, the King of kings. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself will be in the midst of you. You will not see evil anymore. And in that day it will be said to Jerusalem, Fear not. And unto Zion, let not thy hands be slack. For the Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, and he is mighty to save. He will save you. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. And I will gather them that were sorrowful for the solemn assemblies who are of thee, to whom the burden of it was a reproach. I will gather the ones who responded to the call to go into the solemn assemblies and to fast and pray and to rend their hearts until weeping and mourning for their sins. I will gather them in my remnant, says the Lord, and I will gather them together, for they are the jewels that I will take up for my crown in that day, says your God. So, you know, that's kind of the deal. We go, we follow God's recommendations. Actually, his commandments, these aren't really recommendations. Pardon me, Lord. We can obey the commandments of the Lord, or we can continue to go our way. Go to Jack in the Box. Get it your way. Go, to, go worship at the Golden Arches. Keep Keep walking in the fullness and the pleasure of the flesh. You ain't going to be walking much longer, people. The military movements that are happening right now, I was listening to a radio program by one intel source, and he was talking to people in the defense establishment, and they, they, were, they were literally talking, and this, this occurred in New York City a couple of days ago, and they were pointing at the ground. They said, this land right here, Right here, war with China is coming, and it's inevitable. It can't be stopped. The war is on. Now, might it be a little bit delayed? Sure. I doubt it from how fast things are accelerating. But regardless of whether we have a few months or another year, there is no time to waste in the preparations which the Lord has commanded. And for those who respond, in their hearts, God says, I'll gather them together, and they're going to be the remnant. And for everyone else, um, I guess we'll see in the clouds. 
if you belong to the Lord, the dead in Christ rise first, and uh, the remnant will meet you in the air on the road to Jerusalem, and hallelujah. Anyway, I just that's what I wanted to share. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Uh, praise God. Uh, I had to dial back in by phone. Uh, drop connection, but praise God, the program still is up and live. So God bless you for what you shared. Uh, folks, this is serious times. I don't know what else to say except what been said. Prayer, fasting, seeking the Lord, crying out with all of your heart. Uh, folks, it is the solution. The distance between your knees and the floor is where you're going to find the answer. And it needs to start today. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but today. Brother, God bless you. These are serious times, folks. Take heed. The day of the Lord truly is at hand. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Oh,